Welcome to Game On Girl. I'm your host, Dr. Regina McMenemy, and in this episode of Game On Girl, we're going to talk about the female mastermind, most specifically Beth Boland from the TV show Good Girls. So stay tuned, and thanks for listening to Game On Girl. So my my Netflix suggestion list is a fascinating place. Uh, I have such diverse interests and tastes and like things that I watch, and I will admit that a few uh, random shows from my six-year-old daughter's um, Netflix <laughs> account have uh, worked their way into my um, my suggestions, even on my profile. Um, so I'm never quite sure how some of the suggestions pop up or what kind of like algorithm is at work for your, your Netflix suggestions. I get YouTube because YouTube pretty much suggests what you already watch. Um, even things that you've watched before are channels that you subscribe to. So it's pretty clear where the algorithms are coming through on YouTube, but Netflix gets a little crazy sometimes. So I, I get lucky on occasion. Uh, sometimes, uh, most of the time, I don't think the suggestions on my Netflix queue are particularly in tune with me, but sometimes I get lucky. And this, this is an, this is a case of me getting lucky. And I found the show that I'm really enjoying. Um, I found Good Girls, which is, um, an NBC show, uh, that's currently in its third season. There, those episodes are airing now. Um, and I watched the trailer. I just kind of like, you know, hovered over it and the autoplay came on and I watched kind of like the clips of it. And I'm like, this looks interesting. And it's got Christina Hendricks, which um, is a big selling point because Christina Hendricks is awesome. So I decided to check it out. And then I binged the first two seasons in three days. <laughs> and that's how that went. <laughs> Um, so I want to give a little, I don't know how popular the show is. I don't, I haven't seen a lot of people kind of talking about it in my, my news feeds or my pop culture feeds. So I'm going to give a little background. I'm not going to give a whole lot of spoilers in this episode. I'm going to talk in very general terms, more about the characters and the character development. I'm not going to give a whole lot of spoilers. And I'm only going to talk about the first two seasons that are on Netflix and have been out for a while. Like I said, season three is uh, currently airing on NBC and you can watch on Hulu. So I have kept up with it, but I won't be talking about kind of the new stuff in the new season since it's brand new. Um, but I will touch a little bit on stuff that happens in the first and second seasons, but really more the setup of the, um, the complication in the story more, uh, and the characters than, than really spoilers. So if you don't know about the show, it follows three women, um, who end up three like suburban women who, who turn to a life of crime, um, in order to make things work financially for themselves and their families. Uh, the three main characters are Beth, Annie, and Ruby. And Beth is the main character played by Christina Hendricks. Uh, still really super pleased to see her leading a show for once. Um, if you don't know who Christina Hendricks is, uh, she was on Mad Men, and she had a recurring role on Firefly, which is where I first was experienced her acting, and I, I still think she's just one of my favorite actresses. Um, so, uh, like I said, that was one of the draws to the show for me. 
Um, so Beth is her character, the lead character, and has she has four kids. And she finds out pretty much in the pilot episode that her husband has been financially irresponsible to some major degrees and um, his business. He's been running a, a car dealership and um, it's in financial ruin and uh, their personal finances are also in ruin where they're, they owe on their mortgage and they owe greatly on credit cards. Um, Annie is Beth's little sister. Um, she's a grocery store cashier and she has one child that she had when she was 17. So she was kind of the teen mom, the, you know, dynamic between Beth and, um, Annie is set up that Beth was kind of like the, you know, the mom figure, um, and kind of held things together when they had, a you know, dysfunctional mom. Um, and that Annie is definitely more the like rebellious wild child. Ruby, um, is also a childhood friend of the two of them. So the, all three characters have known each other for a long time. Um, she's married with two kids. Um, one who is in kidney failure. So one who's has some pretty heavy duty, um, health stuff going on. Um, it's very clear that Ruby and her husband are a very loving couple from the very beginning. Um, but they are, working class or kind of lower where they're struggling to make ends meet and the medical help that they're getting is, you know, provided and uh, not great. And they don't get a whole lot of attention um, on their kids, especially their daughter with the kidney failure. So these are our three characters, Beth, Annie, and Ruby. Um, and we follow them through this adventure they end up going on. Um, Annie, after having worked at the grocery store for so long, suggests um, this plan that she's kind of hatched, I assume like daydreaming in her job about how to effectively rob the grocery store that has been robbed so many times or had been attempted robberies so many times that she learned like the best way or figured out the best way from all the failed attempts at, ro at robbing this grocery store. So they're sitting around a table having breakfast and they're like, oh, well, you know, she's like, we should do this. Um, thinking, you know, that they'll get into the safe for the, um, for the store and it will have approximately $30,000, which will be enough to kind of bail them out. After they rob the bank, they do, or not the bank, the, the grocery store, uh, it turns out that there was half a million dollars in the, um, the safe. <laughs> And this ends up landing them in trouble with um, some real criminals uh, who come and, you know, want their money back because a grocery store probably shouldn't have half a million dollars in its, in its uh, vault. So, yes, this is how they get into um, a lot of different criminal situations. So, I, like I said, I don't want to talk too much about spoilers. I want to talk more about characters in this episode. Um, and I don't want to spoil this if you haven't seen the show. So, um, there's lots of misadventures. There's lots of things that happen. I'll talk a little bit about how their characters evolve through these things. Uh, so, Ruby, uh, who has a daughter who is, um, is sick, uh, feels empowered. Um, once she has the money, she goes and she gets her daughter some better health care and she can pay for it. And they just really do a nice job of demonstrating the difference between like what you get in assistance and what you get sort of when you can actually pay the doctor's bills. Um, so she feels very empowered by this. And that's one of the things she really struggles sort of morally with and ethically with the choices that they're making. But, um, but she does have this sense of empowerment. 
um, Annie really wants to make a better life for herself. She's a younger sister, uh, really wanting to like better her life, but going about it in all the wrong ways. Uh, she never really manages to uh, pull it together. Um, she's still impulsive and she makes decisions that are not exactly fantastic for her uh, throughout. <laughs> and that hasn't changed much. It does seem possibly to become com coming around a little bit for her. Um, but Beth, the lead character, definitely goes through the most dramatic transformation. Um, she finds her obsessive, perfect mom tendencies for organization and planning serves her really well in this new endeavor. Um, she, uh, uh, she also ends up feeling empowered. She sees how her intelligence um, and her ability to outsmart everyone can really be a benefit in this work that she's doing. And she becomes the mastermind. So she ends up sort of running the group with, um, with Ruby and Annie, um, being the one who's kind of calling the shots and coordinating and being the, you know, the mastermind, the person who has the plan and who holds it together. Her character really kind of comes around to, um, realizing the power that she has and that changes everything for her. And it was only about halfway through the first season when I realized this is really kind of a new Breaking Bad, where um, Walter White's story is very similar to Beth's story. Uh, he was a disenfranchised scientist turned science teacher um, who felt very downtrodden and very kind of beat up by the world. Um, he's got that, you know, the medical bills for his lung cancer that he's trying to pay for. And he goes through this similar process that what we see Beth experience, where Walter feels empowered and has agency, perhaps for the first time since he left his original business that he started with his partner. Um, he gets caught up in the empower associated with that idea of being able to outsmart everyone because he can outsmart the criminals. And Beth has a similar thing where she can kind of play them and manipulate them. And just as a side note, this is kind of a total aside for this, but they do acknowledge that Beth becomes kind of addicted to, to the criminal life and to the crime and, and doing these different, these deals and things in somewhere in the second season. Um, they actually have her going to a gambling addiction group, um, where she's trying to get clean. Um, they never really acknowledge sort of Walter's addiction to it until the very end when he kind of comes clean at the end of his show. Um, in the, in the final season where he's like, well, I really did like it. And that's the reason why I kept going back. I have a very interesting reaction to Beth. I find her compelling, but I also find her slightly terrifying. And that's part of what made me want to like record this episode and think about this topic is she is very shrewd and she's very cunning. But the thing that stands her out and stands her character out among the three women is her ability to improv. She is the one when they get into these messy situations and things don't go as they're supposed to go, who pulls it all together. She can improv. She comes up with great ideas to make sense of what they're doing, even when they're in like a bad situation. Um, she's quick thinking. 
And she uses her class and her status because Beth of the three of them, you know, at least presents with the most status, the most class status. She's got a big house. She's got a big family. She had a husband who had a successful business that he's struggling with, but they had all of the caches of the upper class. Neither of the two other characters have that. Um, Ruby has a smaller house um, that they got, you know, she admits at one one episode they got from her mom. Um, you know, you can see the difference in the class struggle. So Beth in particular is able to use that like status of the like soccer mom to, to really play off some of these criminal situations she gets into. And people, you know, will not read her as a criminal. So they, she ends up getting away with a lot of stuff and she uses that status and her gender. Um, to help them in these situations because nobody suspects that they're going to be criminals or that they're handling, you know, laundered money and doing all of these crazy things that they're doing. Um, so Beth's descent into this criminal life is really compelling because it's so mired in that class and her gender. Uh, there's so much of it that kind of gets mixed into that. I keep kind of going back to thinking about like what Walter White was like and he, he was different, um, because she just seems so much more vicious to me than, than he does, especially some of the stuff that happens in the second season. Um, she's able to socially manipulate everybody that she encounters and people underestimate her constantly. And it's a fascinating thing to watch how she learns about herself from the way that people are underestimating her. Comparing her to Walter, he was good at the science. Um, and in time, he got better with the criminals and with the people, but he relied a lot on Jesse, who was his kind of assistant um, criminal guy who got him into the business in the first place, um, who understood the social dynamics better of what was going on. Jesse really kind of managed the people, and Walter really managed the product more. So Beth shines in, in the, in the social aspects. She shines in being able to kind of piece people together and get people to do what she wants them to do. Um, and she is especially able to do that when she's backed into a corner. We see this a lot play out in the dynamic between her and the, the kind of criminal kingpin that they're constantly dealing with. Um, and the way that she will kind of play back and forth. She sees his ego and his cockiness and she's able to kind of manipulate him with it without him really knowing what she's doing. Because again, uh, because she's a woman and a soccer mom, people are constantly underestimating her. And she's shrewd and she's cunning and she comes up with these ways to kind of get back into that for them. It ends up that her social manipulation feels very gendered. It feels very um, very social and very, very much based in like the training a woman gets to read and quickly understand social interactions and social expectations, um, to be able to handle what's happening for everybody emotionally. So it's that piece of, of growing up as a woman, um, um, or as presenting female, um, that, that really gives her the power in these situations and really makes her as a mastermind, a different type of mastermind than perhaps Walter was. So she uses that awareness, that social awareness to pull her friends out of some tough situations and to become 
uh, more powerful and to kind of gather more of the criminal powers to her and to start sort of manipulating on greater and greater levels and to become more and more powerful in, in all of this business that she's doing in all of these interactions that she and her sister and her best friend are engaging in. And I tend to read her as more vicious, I realized, because she's using soft skills. So she's not just using like logic. She's using the soft people skills. And I think that that gives her an edge and makes her story absolutely compelling. Because instead of just relying on what we usually think of the mastermind as the person who can just logically outthink or who can outplay. You think of a mastermind, you think of someone who's good at chess, who can plan several steps ahead. Well, Beth is not always doing that. Beth is reacting in the moment. And Beth is realizing exactly how she can manipulate um, the people around her with those soft skills, with those personable skills, and with skills we generally don't see associated with criminal masterminds. And I find this, this combination just absolutely compelling of this story of these, these suburban moms getting into this crime life and Beth's ability to socially manipulate everybody in the situation. So, Season three, as I mentioned, is airing on NBC now, and I'm watching every episode as they come out every week to see how her character evolves. Um, if you have seen Breaking Bad, Walter White's character, um, toward the end becomes pretty unlikable. Like, he just is not, he's not a kind of character you wanna, you wanna be friends with. You, nobody really wants to have anything to do with him. He's alienated his whole family and everybody he's worked with. Um, and I'm curious to see how Beth's character evolves. Will she keep this kind of soft skill edge that makes her more vicious, but still likable somehow? Um, and will she be able to keep that or will she push too far into it or will they push her character too far into it? Are they going to be able to continue to walk this line they have her on now? Um, we'll see. We'll see how her character kind of evolves. So what do you think? Um, are you watching Good Girls? Um, is there a female mastermind type of character you're drawn to? I've been trying to rack my brain to think if I can come up with any other female masterminds that I think are kind of like the lead characters. If you know of any female mastermind characters, let me know because I, I haven't really come up with any and it might just be a genre I'm not all that familiar with. But if you have suggestions for female masterminds for me to check out, please hit me up on Twitter at DocLiz uh, and let me know some other female masterminds I can check out. And if you haven't, uh, go check out the Geek Embassy. We got a bunch of new content coming up on the site and we got some new podcast episodes coming out with the Geek Embassy watches. So go make sure to check that out as well. And until next time, game on. Yeah.